Was my last one okay? I think I tripped a little mm -hmm. bit on that, but I was winging it. It sounded really good. Yeah, it sounded really good. Peter, we're going to invite you back more often. <laughs> <laughs>
Jacob mentioned that the CARES Act had a direct allocation to cities above 500,000 and counties above 500,000. And our goal in this next round of funding was that every city would get a direct allocation. Um, so the bill itself um, is about a $1.9 trillion coronavirus aid bill. Um, the portion that deal with state and local aid is about 350 billion. And as Jacob mentioned, it's about $65 billion that would be allocated to cities and towns across the country. The bill itself includes a variety of different programs. You've probably read about those in the popular press, unemployment benefits extension, discussion about increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour, additional money for vaccine distribution, and also uh, $1,400 direct payments to individuals with certain income limits. So the, the portion that we really wanna focus in on is the, the 65 billion that's gonna be going to cities and towns. You know, unfortunately, uh, it has become a partisan bill. There's a lot of conversation about the fact that $1.9 trillion is a huge investment and some are questioning whether the price tag is too high. There are others who just flat out say that state and local government don't need additional federal support. And I certainly disagree with that based on the experience that we've had in our state with the 281 cities and towns. So where we stand right now is the House is slated to vote on Sunday, February 28th on this package. And then very quickly, the Senate is expected to take it up the next week. So that is a very quick response from Congress. I know they're facing a mid-March deadline that they want to get this package through the House, through the Senate, agreed to, and on the president's desk. We surveyed our cities twice last year, once in the summer and again in the fall, and asked them about the impacts they've faced. In the fall, 92% of cities said they have incurred expenses from the COVID-19 pandemic and 62% of our cities answered that they are projecting revenue losses this year. And of those cities, a large majority expect to see losses of at least 5%. Most cities have incurred expenses related to transitioning city operations to meet the needs of their residents and staff. Cities saw increased costs everywhere, but the top four were for expenses in operations, information technology, public safety, and public works. And finally, 78% of our cities said that funding assistance would help mitigate the impacts of COVID-19. I wanna explore that last point a little further. I think we've heard pushback from some members of Congress who have argued that cities don't need or want any federal assistance. What are you hearing from our cities on this issue and what's your take? Well, I think we have heard uh, at the national level from some federal officials that cities don't need or want federal assistance. I have not heard that from our communities here in Washington. In fact, I think our cities and our communities need federal money in order to continue to recover from the pandemic. You know, we've been in a response mode. We're hopefully moving into recovery mode, but cities utilize CARES monies for a variety of purposes. And, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that our cities and towns spent 98% of the amount that the state allocated on the CARES Relief Act money earlier this year. You know, there were lots of rules and regulations. It was unclear as to how the money might be able to be spent. So the fact that our city stepped up and used that to support their communities really is a testament to the fact that it was needed and used very wisely. 
Um, but as, as we all know, the money that came under the CARES Act was restricted in how cities could spend it. Uh, we did some survey work and the Department of Commerce at the state level compiled data and the two top areas of spending were economic support, including for local businesses and payroll expenses for staff that were directly involved in responding to COVID-19. I think another area that we really haven't talked too much about is that city utilities are suffering from non-payments. Um, you know, funding for public works projects is dried up, projects have been delayed, some have been stopped, park programs and facilities have lost tax revenue. And so it's fair to say that really, we still have a long road back to full recovery, but that would be even longer and more difficult if there are no federal dollars involved to support local activities. Let's get into the specifics of this package proposal. How do they define city sizes in the bill? So in the bill, cities are going to be broken up into two categories. There's going to be entitlement communities and non-entitlement communities. And this is going to be based off of the federal government's community development block grant program. So entitlement cities are also sometimes known as CDBG cities, so community development block grant cities. And they're defined as cities that have a population of 50,000 or more residents. And they also receive CDGB funds directly from the federal government. So that's a key there for those entitlement cities. Non-entitlement cities are going to be defined as cities that have a population of less than 50,000 and do not receive direct CDBG funding from the federal government. Now, in Washington, there are several cities that would meet the 50,000 resident threshold to be a CDBG city. However, they don't receive their CDBG funding directly from the federal government. So if that's the case, these cities will fall into the non-entitlement category. As currently drafted, how fast will states and local governments receive the aid once it's passed? Well, entitlement communities, as Jacob mentioned, will receive their funds 60 days after submitting their certificate. And that would come directly from the treasury. Non-entitlement communities will need to wait just a little bit longer because the funding will flow through the state and they'll need to wait 30 days after submitting a certificate to the state. But the state also needs to wait 60 days to receive the funding from the federal government. I think a key difference between this money, if it's approved as, uh, as crafted, compared to the CARES Act money, is there is an absolute requirement that the state government pass those monies through to cities and counties. Uh, under CARES Act, there was no requirement that the state share those monies. We were fortunate in that our governor chose to share CARES Act money. But in this case, as drafted, the federal law would require that distribution from every state. How can cities find out how much they could expect to receive? So nothing is final at this point. Uh, Peter earlier mentioned Yogi Berra, nothing's over till it's over. Um, so we still need to wait for this bill to pass through the House, the Senate, and be signed by President Biden. However, right now, we do have on our website a chart that lays out guesstimates of what amount a city could receive. Again, not final numbers, but a good guesstimate. Funding will be based on population. So our smaller cities may see under 100,000 medium-sized cities. Uh, a few million and larger cities could expect uh, tens of millions. So for a couple of examples here, 
for our entitlement communities, uh, we could look at the city of Kennewick. Uh, right now, their guesstimate is 16 million. Over here on the west side, if we look at a city like Mount Verdon, 9 million. Uh, and then a larger city like Spokane could see 77 million. So there really is going to be a wide range. Now, one thing that's going to um, be a little bit different for non-entitlement cities is that there is a cap for them. And so that cap is going to be 75% of their last adopted budget as of January 27th, 2020. Um, there is parameters and guidelines set up for how that money will be distributed to them from the state. Uh, but they are going to be capped at that 75% of their budget. I know with the CARES Act, we mentioned that there were restrictions on how the funds could be used. So I'm wondering in this package, are there any restrictions on how these funds can be used? Well, the good news is they're much more flexible than the CARES Act money. So it will be flexible, but they must be used to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, ensuring continuation of essential services, or to address the negative economic impacts including replacing lost city revenue, which was a key goal that we had in working with the National League of Cities and other cities and associations across the country to be able to replace lost revenue that results from the ongoing pandemic. So this is pretty exciting news. I'm wondering how should cities get involved? What can they do to help get this package passed? Well, it's not only exciting, but it's it's historic that the federal government is looking at stepping up and supporting cities directly. It's been decades and decades since this has happened. So right now, it's important that city officials either email or get on the phone or somehow contact their member of Congress, encouraging them to support this bill and support additional flexible spending for all cities and towns. We did send out some information and encourage you to contact your legislators. We've been very fortunate in our state that the majority of the members of our congressional delegation have been strongly supporting this position for quite some time. So there are many states where it's a difficult conversation between city officials and members of Congress, but in our state, for the most part, members of our congressional delegation have been very supportive. So we're fortunate and certainly appreciate that. So where should cities go if they have questions that they can get answered? So right now, because things are still in motion and still being voted on, there, there aren't a whole lot of answers to questions at this point. We do expect, though, that after the bill passes, that there will be guidance coming out from the Treasury Department, similar to what they did with the CARES Act funding. So for right now, we just need a little bit of patience as things move through the process. And then once we start getting information from the Treasury Department, AWC will make that available, but we also encourage cities to look on federal websites and look for their answers there as well. Peter and Jacob, um, having you here today was really great and informative. I was glad you guys were able to join me today. That's it for the City Voice podcast. If you wanna find the infographic on some of the statistics I mentioned, visit the data and resources tab at wallcities.org or visit our website and look up how our cities doing infographic in our search bar. Stay tuned to our legislative bulletin every Monday where we will continue to update you on this aid package as it moves forward. Thanks everyone.